0: Blog Talk Radio.
2: Yes, indeed. Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to NABWIC Talks. My name is Jada Williams, and I am your NABWIC National Radio Chair and your host for today. It gives me great pleasure to be here. As always, I have to ask you, just like the commercial said, to follow, like, and share that you are hanging out with Navwick on all your different social media platforms this morning, and or head over to our website at www.navwick.org. hang out with us, find out all of the great things that are going on in Navwick world, but most of all, click that Join Now Button. yes, click join now so you can get your red shirt. Moving right along, we have an action-packed, powerful show planned this morning for you. Also in the studio, we have no other than the master builder herself, and McNeil, Ursula Odom out of Sola 2, and Jackie Perry of JP and Associates. Good morning, good morning, Miss Ann. How are you?
0: Jada, I tell you every single time, if I were any better, I would be you. I would be you, Jada. So I am so excited to be here today as we talk about uh, some <laughs> some areas of interest. So I can go ahead and start or you can start. Oh, I guess that wow. means I should go ahead and start. huh? <laughs> Let me just remind everyone that's listening to us that the National Association of Black Women in Construction, really our focus and vision is to build long-lasting strategic partnerships with first-rate organizations, and we did that, and we're doing that. We're just coming back from our strategic planning session, and as a part of that, we're talking today also about strategic planning, looking forward. But in order to look forward, we must look back. And when we look back, one of my favorite authors, Frederick Douglass, talked about, you know, he he talked about the fact that the 4th of July, we acknowledge as our Independence Day. That's what the Declaration of Independence is the 4th of July, but then he delivered a speech entitled, What to the Slave is the 4th of July? And when you think about that subject and that title, that brings us to our subject today where we're talking about the fact that Juneteenth is a federal holiday now acknowledged by the United States as Our 4th of July, but our 4th of July as African-Americans and and as Blacks, is honoring Juneteenth, which is the 19th of June, whereby slaves were in Gavison, Texas, that is. But as Blacks and African-Americans across the U.S., we also celebrate that day. Now, going back to Frederick Douglass and the fact that 4th of July is also, I'm sorry, Juneteenth is is celebrated, but when you think about the 4th of July, even though we celebrate that and we honor that, when you think about our history and coming back to Black women in construction, we're celebrating the future while we remember the past. And so we want to just continue to encourage our listeners, Jada, to just Reflect as we look forward, but if we don't know who we are, where we come from, and where we're going, then we're lost, and we are not a lost people. So I'm very excited to be a part of this conversation today, Jada, where we will be talking about and talking to and listening from individuals celebrating this phenomenal, phenomenal date of Juneteenth. But as the founder of this phenomenal organization, Jada, I am very excited to also just thank all of our sponsors and our participants as we, you know, commemorate our future after finishing up our strategic planning session and taking it also into July. And Jada, I want to thank you publicly also for everything that you do, everything you're Done and everything you will continue to do to help support this organization as we continue to celebrate our Juneteenth. And with that, Jada, let's get this party started. Wow, wow, wow. Yes, let's get this
2: party started. It's already started with Ms. Ann up here giving me goosebumps in the studio. Thank you so much. So, Moving right along, you know, NABWIC, we are also, we're so busy in our world. We're also gearing up for, Ms. Ann, you did not give away all the tea. We are gearing up for our Congressional Black Caucus mid-year meetings in Washington, D.C. Yes, NABWIC always goes to Washington, D.C. in September, and we are gearing up for that. Those dates are September 15th through the 17th. You can all the information to save the date on Eventbrite. But to start off this amazing conversation with black women in politics during Juneteenth, I would like for everyone to listen in to this special message from our friend or my friend, Commissioner Dale Holness, and then we will take a quick commercial break.
3: Though the story was hard and harsh for enslaved people from Africa and the United States of America and the Caribbean and Latin America, today we celebrate their freedom. We celebrate their liberation. And we continue to fight for justice and equality for all people, especially people of African descent here in the United States of America and around the world. Juneteenth marked the day that Union forces, in June 19, 1865, reached in Galveston, Texas, to let the enslaved Africans know that they were liberated. It was quite some time after the Emancipation Proclamation was signed by President Lincoln Just before the amendment that abolished slavery in our country permanently was finalized, President Biden signed into law a day dedicated to commemorating the lives of these enslaved African who toiled in the soil of America, who helped to build this great nation through their blood, sweat, and tears. our country wouldn't be what it is without the African people working, toiling, building. As we commemorate their lives, let's keep in mind that we still have a long distance to go to where we have equity for people of African origin who live here in America. Black still somehow is behind in many aspects of life. Health outcomes we saw with COVID-19. A criminal justice system that doesn't treat us fairly. A system where we lie behind in wealth, in employment opportunities, in educational opportunities. But if if we're to be a greater nation, all of us must recognize these facts. And look at the research that City Financial came up with that was released last year, September, that showed that as a nation, we lost $16 trillion in gross domestic product that we did not realize because of these inequities that exist. However, the study also showed that if we were to fix these inequities over the next five years we could grow our economy by five trillion dollars, which means prosperity for all Americans. Not just African Americans or black Americans, but for all Americans. Because when we allow everyone to live to their fullest potential, given every opportunity possible and they prosper, we all benefit from their prosperity. We speak of our creed of one nation under God with liberty and justice for all. We must live up to that creed. We must every day work to bring about a better place more just and perfect union for all of us. Our celebration for Juneteenth is varied across the community, across the country. In Broad County, we started off with Congresswoman Val Demins being our keynote speaker at 9.30 in the morning. We discussed where do we go from here, discussing The travesty and the tragedy of slavery. The cruelty of lynching and discrimination. And look to where we go. We also, on this day, celebrate and commemorate the life of two freedom fighters, Harry T. and Harriet V. Moore, who died in the struggle in 1951 when the bomb went off underneath their house under their bed while they were still asleep on their 25th wedding anniversary. The Ku Klux Klan killed Harriet more nine days after the bombing, and, and her husband died instantly. They were founders of many of our NWCP chapters here in the state of Florida. They registered over 120 people who vote in the state of Florida. This is prior to 1951. Martin Luther King said he looked to them as inspirations for those who are willing to risk it all. We, today, must put everything we have on the line to create a better place for all of us.
1: We are so excited to have you listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction blog talk radio show. Please call, text, or email family, business associates, or friends and tell them that we are on the air right now. Or they can join us on the Internet by logging in to www.blogtalkradio.com slash NABWIC or by phone at 714-459-3918 and press 1 to join our conversation with questions or comments. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Don't forget to follow us by liking our page and post your questions or comments. NABWIC's intent is to always go into the high schools and colleges to encourage our young black girls and women to enter into the construction industry and to take interest into the STEM programs that are offered. We encourage you to listen to this show or past shows on the Internet by logging in at www.blogtalkradio.com slash N-A-B-W-I-C. Thank you, and we're back. Yes, we are back, and wow,
2: wow, wow. Listen, if you're still sleeping, I do not know how. What a powerful message from Commissioner Dale Honus. Thank you so much. And, of course, we see why you were previously ranked in the top five of all city commissioners in the state of Florida by the Florida League of Cities. So thank you so much for that very special message. And, of course, we keep it moving here in Napwick this next segment that we are going to listen to shows the power the strength the resiliency in our members our members are leaders in their different communities and areas and we are shaping our communities through politics this next clip you will hear the founder of june Nineteenth platform kyleen henry who is one of our presidents out of Detroit, Michigan, put together this magnificent panel with our other members, such as Valerie Mundy um, and Mayor Monique Owens out of East Point, Michigan, City Councilwoman Tasha Green, and City Councilwoman Sabrina Miller. All of these individuals have been guests on NABWIC Talks, of course, previously by themselves, and their episodes, their shows were absolutely amazing, and I know you want to hear more. So with that being said, we put them all together on this June 19th platform, bringing you what you were looking for, quality. So, yes, take out your notes, your notepad, and your pen, and get ready to listen in to this amazing session with Kylene Henry and some of our NABWIC members. The reason why we're here today, I'll share
4: with you um, the general orders number three. The people of Texas are informed that in accordance with the proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of personal rights, and rights of property between former masters and slaves, and the connection, herefore, existing between them becomes that between employer and hired labor. The freedmen are advised to remain quietly at their present homes and work for wages. They are informed that they will not be allowed to collect at military posts and that they will not be supported in idleness either there or elsewhere. General Orders Number 3, Headquarters District of Texas, Galveston, June 19th, 1865. So as we can see, it was a a few years after Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation that the final remaining enslaved African American people were freed. And so very similarly today, if we don't have access to to information, and we don't put that information into, uh, and we don't do anything with it, then oftentimes there are many ways that we can be oppressed and we can be disadvantaged. And so today we have a very exciting topic and we have an incredible panel of guests. Uh, We will be discussing uh, black women in politics, shaping our communities. And so we have a phenomenal moderator, um, my National Association of Black Women in Construction sister, uh, Ms. Valerie Mundy. She is our national legislative chair um, she chairs our Congressional Black Caucus activities, and she is just overall a phenomenal educator, uh, businesswoman, and organizer. And so, without further ado, I am going to present her to you. But I'd also like to make sure that our guests are aware of our upcoming events for today. So at 2 p.m., we will have mental health with Dr. Michael Lambert and Dr. Esther Lambert at. 4 p.m., we'll have Cryptocurrency for Beginners with uh, Mr. Kwaku Ose of Cooperative Capital. And at uh, 6 p.m., we will have The Importance of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion in Healthcare. So please continue to stay tuned in. Visit www.June9team.com to see our full schedule of events. If you visit our Facebook page, June19.com, you can catch the replay of this as well as the other programs that we've had today. So thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to all of our panel guests. Um, they are all uh, sisters to me and I appreciate them. And before I hand it over to Valerie, I do wanna just share um, this, this really brief, um, uh, not story, but just something that happened in the past. So I am just so incredibly p- a proud of com- Councilwoman Tasha, Tasha Green, Um, I know that the ladies will be talking about their journey to uh, be elected into office, um, but I saw how hard she worked. I saw her walking around the city of Westland, knocking on doors day and night, um, speaking to everyone, serving in in elderly communities, uh, serving meals, um, advocating for those who may not have a voice, making sure that the citizens in her community would be represented. And so when I think of service and I think of representation, and people that are truly leading by example, I think of Councilwoman Tasha Green. And I am so excited and elated to support you and your run for mayor of Westland. And this is not a political uh, conversation. This isn't about Democrats, this isn't about Republicans, but this is about people. And this is about making sure that people are informed and empowered so that they can make more informed decisions. And I'm very confident in your leadership and in your spirit of service and i'm really looking forward to seeing your success so without further ado i present to you our uh, moderator for this panel today miss valerie mundy thank you
5: hi good morning everyone make sure i'm not on mute okay yeah good morning um first off i want to thank Kylie for um thinking of me i'm very honored to be here today um among all of you um, dignitaries really and it's when they say honorable it's 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 definitely something that i lift you all up to be and so i'd like to have this discussion um because i have um an affection for all that you do um i am with the national association of black women in construction i am the legislative chair and NAPWIC is the voice of black women in construction And so what we do through our legislative efforts is we work with folks like you, local elected officials, we work with state elected officials, and then we work with the national elected officials to further our agenda and also to assist you in what you're doing, because we come with a separate, uh, a different viewpoint. I know that many of you are here through your advocacy in criminal justice. Uh, in, in social uh, areas, and, and we'd like to be able to be your resource for um, the the construction and economic development piece as well. I uh, My background, I'm a civil engineer by trade. I spent a lot of time in municipal government, um, either working on the government side or as a consultant, and I also spent a good portion of my career uh, building airports. So um, I have an aspect that I'd like to Uh, talk to you about and challenge you and also um, understand where you all are coming from. And I'd like to start by allowing you all a few minutes to introduce yourself. Um, I'd like to start with Mayor Owen.
6: Thank you. Good morning and uh, good morning to all the panelists and everyone that tuned in today. Um, Just a little bit about myself. Um, I started as a Wayne County Sheriff for 11 years. Um, Then I went on to becoming the first African-American councilwoman in the city of East Point in 2017. And God didn't stop me there and led me to becoming the first African-American mayor of East Point and also of Macomb County in 2019. So God has allowed me to excel and excel and excel with the help of uh, past leaders and the leaders that are presently on this panel. So uh, thank you for your leadership, because your leadership has allowed uh opening of doors for not only me, but for my children. So that's a little bit about me. So, um, But moving forward, I have uh, a children's book coming up that teaches young people, especially uh, minority um, children. I didn't write it for minority children, but I wrote it because being uh, an African-American young young girl when I was a, a child and having young children that are African-American um, and being around that community, we didn't grow up learning what a council person was, a mayor, a senator, and a man or woman was. And so I wanted to do something about that and wrote a children's book on local government. And it's called What Mom Was the Mayor? Because um, sometimes our children come to us and ask us questions we do not know. And so my daughters asked me, uh, what that was. And at the time before I ran and got into council, they asked me that question and I did not know. And as a a mother and an educator, I want to find that information out, uh, to be a better leader, not only in my home, but outside my home. And so I always want children to learn. So I have that book. And then I have another book coming out as well. Just teaching kids about, of course, local government and my journey into getting to the gavel. And so, um, Anything that I do, I want to always make sure I pass the time and uh, make sure that we have better leaders, better than myself, uh, leading the way. So thank you again for allowing me to be here.
5: That is phenomenal. Um, can you tell us how we can find your book?
6: Right now, it's still. We, I have, I'm working with several publisher I'm, publishers. I'm working with one in New York, and I'm um, self-published the one uh, that's called Mom Was the Mayor. Now, the one that I'm working on. Uh, I sent a uh, a book to the publisher in New York, and he was like, "Oh, I love your book, but I want to know about Monique Owens." And I was like, "What do you mean?" And He said, "Well, we we know what a mayor is, and that's a phenomenal, but we want to know how did Monique Owens get to her journey on being a mayor." And so, um, and I thought I thought that was amazing because I, you know, to to take that book and say. No, we want to know more and how you got there. And sometimes people need to know our journey and how we got there, not just the title, but how did we get to the title? And some people need to know that. And so I was just blessed that they saw the struggles and the challenges. And a lot of people on this panel know that it was a challenge and it's still challenges and opposition. Uh, that we face in getting to where we're trying to be. And some people need to know that. A lot of people need to know that. They don't need to see, because they just see the glitz and glamour and see us do speaking engagements, but they don't know that we actually deal with certain things personally and have challenges that we face in order to uh, serve the community. And a lot of people don't know that. And so that is what that, that's a children's book as well. And so um, those books will be hopefully out by the end of this year. And i definitely let you all know, you know, I'm working. I want to make sure it becomes a masterpiece and a learning experience for everybody. So
5: please um, keep us posted on it. We'd like to have you on our show so we can um, find out more. That's phenomenal. Thank you. That's that's awesome. Um, Do we have Mayor Kendall on the line? Valerie Kendall. Okay. Maybe she'll be joining us. Um, Okay, uh, Councilwoman Green,
7: Tasha Green, introduce yourself, please. Good morning. I am very, very honored to be here today. My name is Tasha Green. I was elected in 2017 as the first African-American city councilwoman in the city of Westland, Michigan. A little bit about me. I am the mother of one. I, too, am a Wayne County Reserve Sheriff Deputy, and tomorrow I will be graduating from the 2021 class of the FBI Detroit Citizens Academy. So it's a pretty exciting time for me, in addition to uh, running for mayor in my city of Westland. And so um, time and sleep are are one of those things that I I could actually use a little bit more of, but unfortunately not enough going on right now. Um, my background is uh, more than 20 years of uh, professional business development and construction uh, experience, specifically in property management. I'm also an internationally accredited, pro- accredited excuse me, property manager, and um, I'm a small business owner of Green Titan Management. We manage um, uh, a variety of housing and do light like construction projects, and I'm also a former member of NAVIC. Yeah. Uh, and I, I will uh, be rejoining in the very near future. So thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm very happy to be here today. Thank Excuse me, so Correction, much. you are a member of okay. NABIC. Thank you for reengaging. Thank you, Tylene. She, she, keeps, me, she Tarlene <laughs> keeps me in order. <laughs> so I'm a current member of NABIC and, and proud. So thank you to Ms. Ann McNeil for this vision and uh, the creation of the National Association of Black Women in Construction. Thank you.
5: Awesome. Thank you so much for that introduction. I'd like to move on to uh, Councilwoman uh, Sabrina Miller. Will you
7: introduce yourself?
8: Hi, so my name is Sabrina Miller, and I'm from Michigan, from Detroit, actually. Um, um, But currently I live in Bellevue, Pennsylvania, which is right outside of the city of Pittsburgh. Um, I received a Democratic nomination for the council position in Bellevue in May. Um, So I am the first Black person or Black woman, excuse me, um, to receive that nomination. Um, And in January, I'll be the first Black woman to swear in in Bellevue. Um, So that's exciting. Um, A little bit about me. I have a two-year-old son who's walking into the room now to see what I'm talking about. And I also have a one-year-old girl. Their names are Robin and River. Um, And my husband, John, and I run a construction business called MDI General Contracting. Um, My background is community development and a career of volunteerism. Um, So I mainly in community development, like I said, and specifically around properties and blighted property remediation, specifically the conservatorship law in Michigan, I think it's called receivership. Um, But that is what I do. I've dedicated the last four years of my time in Pennsylvania to developing the communities here in Bellevue, um, in Pittsburgh, and across the state through um, writing informational pieces about blighted property. And so I've recently taken a position that will work in uptown uptown Pittsburgh, working in community development around small business development, um, property management, working as the liaison between developers that come into communities and being the spokesperson and the voice for what the community actually needs. And so I'm excited to do that now and I'm excited to have this position as an elected as an elected official, and I'm looking forward to November where it becomes final. Hi. You have a guest. Yes. Yeah.
5: <laughs> Hi. You're doing awesome uh, a future leader uh, at the table. Awesome. But let me ask you: Are you um, uh, Councilwoman? Are you uh, in Beaver County, or are you? Um...
8: I'm in Allegheny County, but Beaver County is not too far away.
5: Oh, okay, I just know my my people oh. are from Aliquippa. Uh, okay, it's a, yep. <laughs> it's a small community, but uh, a, lot of, a lot of well-known folks can't come from there. Yes. A lot of football players, in fact. Um, okay, well, awesome. I thank you all for introducing yourselves. And I I, I see that your backgrounds are very diverse I wanted to put a question out there, uh, Kylie, forgive me. I want to deviate a little bit. Um, three things that I know about that you all uh, need to do in your leadership is, number one, um, social justice, criminal justice areas, uh, number two, economic development, and number three, land use. Um, can I get um, uh, your thoughts on what you think is the most important aspect of your job and what it's going to take for you to uh did you come to the job with those skills and what is it going to take for you to grow your leadership in your position uh mayor can you start with us please
6: yes thank you that was a, a excellent question um a lot of those things i didn't have background experience but um, I had a lot of knowledge of some of the things that uh, came about as far as, you know, I came from a criminal justice background, you know, like I said, working as a, a police officer, a deputy, and sworn in for 11 years. I knew uh, a lot about what was going on in that field as far as uh, poverty, low education, and not having the resources to be successful. And so bringing those uh that background experience and to the seat that I am, that I, I currently hold now and seeing those dynamics in the community helped me to learn what, what is needed and how to go for it and how to reach out for help, you know, and uh, give those things to my community. And so um, when you talk about land use and community development and things like that, you always wanna make sure that people have the quality of life in order to, uh, be, to be successful. And so, how do you use what are, that you already have, and how do you, uh, you know, gain those resources from people that you don't know anything about by doing partnerships and collaboration and things like that? And so, sitting in this seat that I, I sit now, I learned a lot that I didn't know. But you use what you know, and um, and you expand on that. And so, uh, with the, the land use and the community development, you know, uh, and and. Pretty much what we're dealing with now is a lot of people don't have homes, um, lack of home ownership, and things like that. And being uh, growing up in a single-family home all my life and living in Detroit in uh, in a low poverty area, you know, again that experience uh, I brought to you know my current seat as well. And making sure that people have homes, uh, homes that they can be proud of and use and reuse the land for more development for homes. And so, trying to find a way to uh, create, like I said, a quality, a better quality of life for people than that what I had as a child, and bringing what I didn't have and bringing that to the community is very, you know, can be very challenging. But again, collaboration and partnerships without, you know, outside of your community, outside of Michigan, uh, I've I created uh, partnerships with places in Atlanta, New York, outside of the United States, and things like that, and bringing that to a community. And so not having that experience and and uh, learning as I go and having people help me to uh, bring those things to my city has been absolutely phenomenal. And I think when you're a leader of a community, it's your job, whether you have the experience or not, because sometimes people in leadership um, get into positions and have a certain agenda, and not understanding what the people need because they didn't they, they didn't live that lifestyle, you know. Sometimes you don't know about poverty uh, like you should or understand it or have empathy or compassion. I'm not saying you can't, but you don't have it as much if you haven't lived that life. And so since I've li- uh, lived a certain lifestyle and I've seen some of the things that people need, I was able to bring that to the table and say, This is what the things that I'm going to bring to my community. This is where we start because I have the experience. I know how it feels to um, you know, being in a single family home and not have food on my in the refrigerator or not knowing um if my mother doesn't pay the rent where we're gonna live. I have those experiences. And so my job is not to let anybody else have that if I can. And so, um, like I said, my own personal experiences the my work experience and my background uh, has helped me to be able to bring things that to my community that people so people don't go through the same things I went through. And so um so this experience that I've been in for the last two years, no, almost four years, council of the mayor for the last four years. But you know, once you get a different title and a different um step in leadership, your um responsibilities change a little bit. And so people want more from you. And so coming from, like I said, a childhood of not being around elected officials or not knowing what that is and how that works was very challenging for me and sometimes it still can be but just because I didn't know this job like some people know the experiences have helped me because I'm here to serve and that's that's pretty much the job is you're here to serve you're here to uh uh, provide resources you're here to uh, provide a better quality of life and, and also use legislation in order to do that. And so since I know what I didn't have at time was a better quality of life, it's my job to bring that. And how do I do that? And so, um, like I said, this experience being in the seat has helped me tremendously. And, um, you know, like I said, I have leaders that have helped me in this role, you know, and definitely God has allowed me to see things and gave me wisdom to do a lot of things that I didn't know. And he blesses people with, um, with the abilities and the knowledge that you know they didn't grow up or they didn't receive in the college or anything like that, and sometimes be better than those that have so um,
5: right but yeah, what yeah is, what is the population of East Point?
6: Um, thirty two thousand people. Oh, a that's little
5: bit over there.. And what is the major um, employer in East Point?
6: And a major employer of East Point, of course, we were probably number one we've been hiring and even though we've been uh during the coronavirus, we were even hiring during uh the uh the pandemic as well. And then we have a grocery store that does a lot of hiring. We have a lot of entrepreneurs here in the city of East Point, which I'm really proud, especially minority women owned businesses. So a lot of people are coming to East Point and I really push for people to especially in this economy, to be entrepreneurs. And so I'm glad that East Point is becoming one of the top uh, cities in Macomb County that are bringing entrepreneurs uh, to Macomb County. So we're teaching and we're showing people that you can create your own business and you can create jobs as well and build your own wealth. So I'm happy about that.
5: Awesome. Awesome. Um, I wanted to move to Councilwoman Miller. Can you let us know? I know you have a background of property. What do you find is the major aspect of your job or or in terms of order land use? Are we talking about social justice or economic development? What do you see as your priority?
8: One of my major priorities, uh, so Bellevue has a population that's a little bit in decline. Mm -hmm. So I looked um, yesterday because I usually quote that we have 8,300 residents, roughly 8,300 residents. It's actually gone down to 7,965 residents. So um, one of my major priorities is to work with our County Council. Um, I don't, I believe in collaboration as Mayor Owens was saying, uh, I don't think that we can build a sustainable community here, especially one this small, Um, even though it's situated so close to the city, uh, we're sustainable in the sense that we have fresh produce, we have shops, we have retail, we have access to auto parts places and Um, we have community gardens that are going up, but I think that in order to grow and to sustain what we have going here, we have to build the relationships with our county council, um, and neighboring organizations and neighboring communities that mirror us in size and have some of the resources or programming that we, that we could use here. So collaboration is the biggest thing for me. And so I have already started to work prior to actually being in office, uh, because I didn't see a need to wait around. Um, there's a lot of people who, Sit in these seats who talk about you know dreams and aspirations and wanting to do the work but i just personally believe in doing it and i did it without um the position i really believe though that having this platform enables me with resources and the ability to get into rooms that i wouldn't have had access to before simply because i didn't have a title and that says a lot um in itself but that is why you know i've taken a an approach to um building my own chair and dragging it to tables um, that people may not have wanted me to sit at or didn't think that I had value. So uh, value in the sense of that I didn't have anything to bring. um, But here we are. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, collaboration is is one of the biggest things. But in terms of land use, I think that... So Pittsburgh and Pennsylvania have such a different landscape than Detroit or Michigan does. And so I've had to reconstruct the way that I think about blight because the blight issue in Detroit is just, it's very much so different here. So even though it's important, it's as important to the residents and the property owners and the business owners, um, I think as it is to people in a a situation where you have far more land, um, but the blight situation is just different. So in terms of land use, I have been really interested in the use of green space and in developing blighted property toolkits that fit the community so while you look to other communities to see what they're doing really understanding who your community is in terms of you know income and race and affordable housing and all, all these types of and age of the people and whether or not the income can lead to home ownership and the, and the school district and what taxes look like um productive reuse is going to be the most important thing productive and relevant um reuse is going to be important so there's two things I think that every community needs a blighted property toolkit that helps them to prevent, to first acknowledge, then address and do something about, about blight beforehand um, in the process of it when, when properties have already gone into a state of decline and then after. So when they're heading towards condemnation or demolition and then determining is, is is your community a community that that advocates for demolition or do you want to preserve those properties? And if you want to preserve the properties, what does that look like? So... A blended property toolkit I think is, is extremely important, but also to reiterate one that, that, is, that fits the characteristic of the community. And then also, um, I I think that every community needs a strategic plan. And that doesn't have to be 10 years or 20 year plan. Sometimes you can start small and say, two years, let's try this out. Or for the length of the time that we have these elected officials who have legislative power, let's just run a strategic plan through them. You know, through maybe there's two years left you know, for some of the council will run a strategic plan for a short amount of time and and develop an idea of where you want the community to go. And I think land use has to be a part of that. Um, A lot of communities around us are creating eco districts and eco innovation districts. And I think that those are really powerful. Um, So I guess it's a holistic approach, understanding where you are acknowledging that and, and just being okay with that not trying to be the next up and coming place all the time but being a better version of, of what your community is and, and just advocating for who your community is
5: let me remind the audience you are on the city council for bellevue pennsylvania uh right outside of pittsburgh um uh has uh bellevue how has bellevue been impacted by um of course the steel mill uh, and I don't know if you have a resurgence of um, uh, development uh, or employment associated with that. Is there a new employer to replace the um, the losses from the steel mill? Has anything? Who is your largest employer in W?
8: Um, there, I don't believe that there's a large large employer in Bellevue. Our town, like it used to be, the hospital, um, but the hospital has actually gone under. A really cool. Uh, it's, it's become an innovative incubator space. Actually, um, it does still have some medical components to it, and, but it's more so focused around innovation now with Alpha Alpha Lab Health. Um, but I think that the county might be the biggest employer. I think most people work for the county. Um, there is no employer in Bellevue that it, that most people most people work at. And then also. Uh, just to reiterate, um, I'm Councilwoman-Elect, so I haven't, miss- I haven't been sworn in yet. That is January. That will be January 2nd, and we also have the general election November 2nd.
5: No, it's never too soon to, to start um, getting running, and we hope we're just able to get those juices started. I um, want to thank you so much for that intro. Uh, we'll come back to some of those questions I have. Um, uh, Councilwoman Tasha Green, tell us some more uh, about your town. And um, the impact of uh, land use, um, economic development, and um, uh, social and criminal justice in, in the town.
7: Well, I think uh, a lot of the the, the skills required to uh, serve the community well, um, I actually come to the table with uh, a lot of it is is based on life experiences. Mayor Owen said, uh, as it relates to our uh, criminal uh, justice reform. Uh, being a member of law enforcement, I can see the um, need for reform from both angles, uh, from the the uh, angle of the uh, law enforcement officials and also from the community who uh, has experienced, uh, you know, different in- levels and instances of police brutality or uh, being targeted based on race and. And just um, over policing that has happened in this nation for quite some time. And so one of the things uh, that I am pushing for when I am elected uh, in the city of Westland, which will be a major first step in terms of um, local criminal justice reform is that our city prosecutor is appointed by the current mayor. And he's been a city prosecutor for quite some time. And he actually holds a dual role as city prosecutor and also city attorney. And so our city pays his firm nearly a million dollars a year to hold that dual role. And in my opinion, when there are um, such lucrative appointments of that magnitude, a lot of times uh, contractors and and different people walk in and they're loyal to the person who's signing their check as opposed to being loyal to the community uh, and the citizens, which is where, in my opinion, the loyalty should be. And so when I become mayor, I am going to uh, create an opportunity for Westland residents to elect their own local prosecutor. Um, I believe that they should be electing a prosecutor and mayor should not be appointing a prosecutor. Um, here in the city of Westland, we've had our, our issues with um, high profile police uh, cases and, and many of those that we've had to settle into the multimillion dollar range. And um, I think uh, just, just on a global uh, scale, I think the creation of policy, first having the right people in, at, the seat, at the table and in that seat um, is imperative for criminal justice reform uh, to take place. But once you do have the opportunity to serve and you are familiar with the, the voices and the, the outcry of the community, Um, the creation of policy is imperative. Uh, One of the things that I created here in Westland being the first African-American woman elected is um, I created Westland's very first diversity commission in our city. And Westland uh, has been a city for nearly 60 years. Um, There has never been a push for diversity right now in the city. I am pretty much the only person uh, uh, of African-American descent that has any type of authority in our city uh my mayor has a 19 member cabinet and one not not uh, not one African American. Um on a uh, local level, diversity within our city, racial diversity is less than 5% across the board. And that's city employees, uh police and fire, and so in Westland, we have a long way to go. And so I look forward to partnering with residents first to uh learn what it what type of um government uh they want and so that we run the city collectively um i believe it's it's very important to hear from the people as opposed to jumping in as the and trying to be the representative that um we might think that they want or need uh but but being the type of um official that they've actually elected us to be um in terms of um land use uh westland we have a, one of the one of another one of my major focuses when elected will be to um backfill a lot of this vacant commercial space um our community was hit hard with uh and and, and entrepreneurs was even prior to COVID. um once the market started to decline the real estate market fell in 2008 between 2008 2012 some of those businesses never came back And so we have a lot of prime spots that um, we're in a good position to create incentive programs to entice owners to bring their businesses to the city of Westland and also training programs that will um, train local residents uh, for free on how to become an entrepreneur, uh, partnering with organizations like the Small Business Administration and uh, offering free resources and free training, uh, teaching them how to get licensed. Uh, business insurance, business education classes. Um I'm I'm all about bringing free uh resources to my residents, especially those that, that that are available. Um working uh with you know elected officials on every level, uh state, federal. I'm very grateful to have really good uh relationships with um people in, in on every level of uh, uh state government and even federal for that that uh for that matter. Um in terms of economic de- development, we have prime locations in the city of Westland that are declining right now, um, major uh, tax taxpaying um, locations. And so one of the things that I've already started doing, uh, even prior to election, is reaching out to major organizations who are headquartered outside of the state of Michigan. Many of them are being taxed out of their bracket um, in other states, and several of them are... Currently pondering the possibility of relocating their headquarters um, and bringing them to other states um, for the and, and creating jobs and 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 um uh you know economic boost locally for the right type of opportunity. So those are some some of the things that I'm exploring to um, grow our city. But I think in order to 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 be an effective uh, public service servant, you have to one identify with the people and then listen to them find out what they want and and manage effectively. Excellent. Thank
5: you so much for that. Let me ask you what is the population of Westland?
7: Westland's population is 85,000 residents. We um at the last census count, we were the 10th largest city in the state of Michigan. Currently, I think we just lost a little bit of population with this last census. Uh, but we were previously the 10th largest uh, city in the state at at uh, 85,000 residents.
5: Okay. Thank you so much.
7: Um, just wanted to, uh,
5: I'm not sure if you all have resources that you can go to in terms of, um, um, you know, Council of um, uh, Black Mayors or, or do you have resources that you can go to? And unfortunately, as this has gone so fast, this, this dialogue, this, this is just the tip of the iceberg, really, because we need to have these conversations. Um, I, we only have about seven more minutes. Can you give me a closing on what what do you think, because our audience is going to be consisting of those who are outside of the uh, political uh, realm that may want to uh, indulge and, and make a contribution in their communities, Um Can I start with you, Mayor Owen? What do you you think in terms of um, those who are interested in running, what do they need to be thinking about, and what type of support um, that you need that we can help you? And I say we, I represent NABWIC. What can we do to help you? Uh, And if you could just give us about two minutes of that.
6: Okay, thank you, because you gave me three questions, so I'm gonna try to put it all together. I'm there. sorry. One package for you. Uh, no, no problem. I Always get these uh, questions, and then I forget one. And so, um, so yeah. So definitely, uh, if those who are thinking about being elected, first ask your que- the question: Why are why do you want to run? Um, because sometimes we run for various reasons. When another person is running, uh, you can actually work aside them and help them get elected. Yeah, sometimes, um, just for instance, when I got elected and I, I, you know, helped a lot of African Americans run races and things like that, uh, So I have a political consulting firm as well to help, predominantly my mission is to help minorities, because a lot of times when we get, uh, um, run these campaigns, we don't know what to do, because I didn't know what to do, Uh, you don't know how to fill out a financial report, you don't know how to run a campaign, you don't know how to do these things that nobody tells you, and you know, and you can't get connected to anybody that tells you how to do it, and sometimes, they pay somebody to do it, so they don't know how to do it themselves. So uh, I started political consulting firms to help uh, those who want to be elected and ask those questions to them. Why are you running? And then also, again, a lot of people always want to be the first. Let me tell you, being the first is, has a lot of challenges. It comes with something. Um, anything, anything you do first, you're, you're walking into something. You don't know what you're walking into and um, what it consists of. And so um, sometimes it's not always about being the first. It's about being the right person. And so when I say that, when I see another person running against the right person, then my question is, why are you running? Can you be assistant to getting them elected or you can be a barrier to getting both of you not elected at all and the wrong person getting elected? And so, you know, you have to have those conversations and why who what, when, why and uh and how are you gonna do it. And so I always ask the elected official, How are you gonna do it? Why do you wanna do it? And let's start there and having that conversation. And um and how, you know, and, and how do you address the issues of the people. I remember a young lady that was running currently, I won't say where she's running, she said, Well I have to ask the people what they want. And I said, Don't you live in that city too? Aren't you a resident? So you know what you want from your city. So you let's start there and then you um you add you know, and uh, add and subtract to you know the things and uh, things that you can bring, and don't promise people things that you know you can't do. Uh, that that's very that's a no no. Don't don't, but give them an idea of what you can bring and how you are already being proactive, like the councilwoman, the young lady in Pittsburgh was saying, being proactive and bringing those things even for, before you be elected. You know, why why am I going to elect you when you're not even working on bringing those things, whether you have the title or not? Now, you know, and so people respect when you're doing the work when you don't have the title. And so um, so I always want to sit down and um, have conversation with African-Americans that are, you know, are young or, you know, or or older and let them know why are they doing this, how to do it, um, and uh, let them know the cost, you know, and I'm just talking about financial costs. It's a cost when you're running, uh, being elected. It's a cost away from your family. It's a cost when people talk about you on social media. It's a cost when you're dealing with stuff spiritually. So it's a cost to anything you do and when you're taking a leadership role. So it's a cost to anything you do. And so, but it's valuable. It's value in it too. But everybody don't, don't see that, you know. And so it's a conversation that I have with young people, especially minorities, and, and how to run an election, why to run an election, and if you need to sit down and step back and help somebody who who can do a better job and you can assist. And Thank so, um, and then uh, the second question is, is, um, what was it
5: again? Bring it back to me. No, no, that was it. I, I only okay. got enough time for everyone. But listen, okay. thank you. this is only part one of this conversation.
6: Okay. There's a lot
5: to drill down in. Um, yeah. What is the name of your book again, please? Can you uh, one, one is
6: called uh, Mom, What's the Mayor? And mm-hmm. the other one is called Is Monique Owens and Getting to the Gavel.
5: Okay, good. Yes. We look forward to seeing that. Thank you. Uh, Councilwoman Miller, can you expand on what, uh, in one minute, and give us a closing? Uh, to what Mayor Owens is saying. You are mute.
8: Okay, and so the question was about, what, what advice would we give somebody who would be who wanted to run?
5: Just what advice? What type of support? You're in Bellevue, Pennsylvania. What type of uh, support do you need? And and um, and really, that, that's pretty much it. Only have a minute, and what you're looking to accomplish. Coming
8: forward. Okay, looking to accomplish um, here is to uh, work on just under- getting a blighted property inventory here, increasing transparency and accountability, making sure that the decisions that we make are data driven and not necessarily always deriving from the gut so that we're w- have a willingness to learn and understand what's actually going on here and uh, focusing on the community. Um, and increasing community engagement, um, so that we are getting at the heart of what the people in this community want for this community. Um, and that's pretty much it. And fortunately, I have the opportunity to have eight other people who ideally want to work with me and support me and back me up so that for the first time I'm I'm not going at it alone. So I'm really looking forward to working with those people to, to, to make Bellevue a, a better place.
5: Okay, okay. Thank you so much for representing Bellevue, Pennsylvania. Uh, Councilwoman Tasha Green, can you just give us a little closing and what you're what you're looking forward to doing uh, and, and what type of support you need.
7: Well, I'm looking forward to uh, leading the city and being inclusive of residents on every side of our city. There is a narrative, regardless of race, that a lot of people feel left out of the promise um, of what uh, Westland is known for, which is being a compassionate city. Um, and I personally have seen a lack of uh, development and financial on multiple in multiple areas of the city. And just... Um, You know, bringing the needs of the people to the table and managing effectively, uh, creating more jobs in the city, um, and and building, creating policy that uh, benefits not only the people who are um, here now, but also those who are coming after me. Um, And uh, in terms of what I need, in terms of assistance, um, they can find me on Facebook at Tasha Green for Mayor. I'm always looking for volunteers. And also financial donations, uh, if if anyone would be inclined. I have a website, votetashagreen.com. Um, and uh, just uh, be be determined to win. If you decide to run, don't um, count on uh, anyone else to do it for you. You have to do the work. Uh, but if you're genuine and, and your heart is in the right place and, and people believe that you will serve them well, they will support you. And that's how I made it. Okay, thank you so much. Now, we've got uh, two guests in the room.
5: Um, we've got uh, Collins Winless and Nancy Nahami, um, and wanted to see if you had any questions for uh, the mayor of East Point, uh, Mayor Owens, uh, Sabrina Miller, who's on the council at Bellevue, Bellevue Pennsylvania, and Councilwoman uh, Tasha Green from Westland, Michigan. Do you have any questions if you'd like to come off mute? And while, while we're waiting for any questions, if you would leave your information in the chat, all of you, so that we can make sure that we stay in touch. Okay, seeing no questions, I'd like to turn it back over to, I'm not sure if Tylene Henry is still on the line, but I wanna thank you all so much. I, I, this is just part one of this dialogue, because we wanna provide, um, I personally wanna provide support to any of what you all are doing, but definitely, NABWIC is here in that wall, and we have a, a number of, um, of members and representation that can provide resources. And, and really, when you have issues that are challenging, particularly physical issues or development issues, we're here for you and uh, like to be there for you as a resource. And uh, I, we are hitting upon our closing time, 1047. So I'd like but once again, like to thank you all. Does anyone have any final uh, words of wisdom or they want to add anything to this.
6: yeah I can't um, and I think this is for everybody because everybody is successful here and made it when people say you can't do it do it anyway
5: so Amen.
6: that's just what I have to say about that <laughs>
5: awesome awesome well thank you all and um, we will keep you all in prayer and uh, definitely uh, look forward to seeing you again thank you so much Y'all have a wonderful day. Thank you. So
8: thank you. Happy
6: Juneteenth, everybody. <laughs> happy, Juneteenth.
1: <laughs> yes, happy Juneteenth. Yes, okay, happy
6: Juneteenth.
1: Thank you. Thank you. This concludes our show. Thank you for listening to NABWIC, the National Association of Black Women in Construction. For more information about NABWIC and our membership, please visit us on the web at www.nabwic.org. We are the voice of black women in construction. Have a great and prosperous day.